Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Buying it. No, no. We're not. We're doing we're a cost-benefit analysis here, and we're saying that maybe the cost to him leaving this charity outweighs the relief that many on social media will say, yeah, we got him. Anyway, I'm out of time. Jim Murray, as always, <laughs> appreciate your time. That does it for Take us care. tonight. Danfield starts Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Monday uh, edition of this program. I thought we were going to start the week uh, on a good note. I thought that we were going to have a great hello, how are you, welcome to the show greeting. We're not. We're not. Because I am pissed. Actually, I'm, I, I'm not pissed. I am sick, grossed out. I feel like I need a shower because of the story that... I'm going to bring you tonight off the top of this show. I feel like it's a reflection of who we have become as a society, or maybe more like who our kids are. You may have seen this, and I'm going to give you a big warning right now. Uh, we're 10 o'clock at night. We're, we're in, your kids should be in bed, the ones who shouldn't see stuff that I'm about to show you. But there were some, I'll use the term lightly, people who stole a car. One of them was 17. Allegedly, and uh, they decided just to ram into a cyclist just for fun, just for fun. Six o'clock in the morning would likely be the time that someone would go out for a nice, um, peaceful, you know, bike ride. And these POSs, and that is being generous of my spirit, decided to ram him from behind at speed. And they killed him. They effing killed him. So this is what our youth might be up to these days, just for fun. Killing people on the side of the road, laughing all the way, videotaping it. And then it goes on social media. Is this who we are? Really? Really, this is who we are. I have so many questions about this. I have a 17-year-old. I know you have so many questions about this, but there are your kids, loosely. The one with the white hat on the left is the driver. He's been arrested, 17. And I am watching my ticker right now because I'm on East Coast time and Vegas is several hours behind and I keep thinking any minute, those prosecutors are gonna drop the bomb on that kid. Adult charges, murder, murder. As for the one with the orange, red hat, whatever, the one who decided it was fun to videotape this murder, uh, he's on the loose. 
And we need your help, folks. We as a country need to band together and be way better than this. We need to find him. We need to network. We need to find whoever this red-hatted scum is. And he needs to be brought to justice, too. Because all that, everything they did in my books and most legal books is felony murder. And if you're not 17, if you're, say, 18, that can be a death sentence. It can be automatic life, no parole. White hat, you're lucky. You're birthday lucky. Because you're not an adult yet, so you can't automatically get life, no parole, or death penalty. But that's just the automatic. There can be litigation over that. I'm going to go into way more detail on this, and I'm also just going to give you that warning again in a few moments. I'm actually going to show you the video because I believe you need to see how callous and heartless what happened really was. You need to hear every moment of their voices at the moment of impact, what they did when that man crushed their windshield and went over the back. I want you to hear every moment of how they behaved and what they saw in real time. So it's 10 o'clock at night. Kids should be in bed anyway, right? That's why we're going to do this all day long. A lot of that was edited out. But you need to know how bad this crime was. Okay, that's coming up in a moment. Also, this was another huge bombshell today. I have been waiting for five and a half years. Actually, six and a half years now. Yeah, one more year. Six and a half years. I knew at some point we were going to find out. But the Delphi murders of Libby German and Abby Williams. We have never been told how those girls were killed. There are very few crimes where you don't hear at least how the victims died or something about their death. But these two kids and their callous, sickening murder, that's a detail that the investigators have held very close to the vest. I could never really figure out why. Why on earth? I mean, every other murder, I've at least found out something about how the victims died. Maybe it would help spur tips, something. And now tonight, I think I know. Now tonight, the allegations that are coming from the lawyers for the man who has been brought in and accused of these murders are nothing short of jaw-dropping. That's Richard Allen right there. And what his lawyers are saying in court filings is astounding. And it may very well be the reason why the police did not share with us the details of what happened to those two girls. That's coming in a moment. Uh, It's also really disturbing, so mm, not for the faint of tummy. Okay, uh, and then in D.C., you know, I was so busy with that manhunt last week. Danilo Cavalcante and the, I mean, it was crazy, right? It was national. That I only kind of dipped my toe into the water of that other guy who escaped from a hospital in D.C. And he's out there still a couple weeks now. And he's not too hard to identify, given the fact that last he was seen, he had no shoes. And he was sporting like a fancy bracelet, one that has another bracelet attached to it, usually called cuffs. We got the video. Take a look. Look really close here. He's sneaking into someone's backyard here. He is sneaking through someone's backyard. He's on the run. You can see the cuff on his left hand there. You could, and you can see he's in socks. Socks, no shoes, and there is that cuff. I'm going to play that again, and we are going to dig into Christopher Haynes and what the marshals are doing to find him. All right, let's start with this unbelievable moment we're in in America with a crime in Vegas. And the reason that it's just sort of coming to the fore right now, the killing happened over the summer, okay? So the actual accident itself where Andreas Probst, 64 years old, where he was killed, that actually happened over the summer. And the police thought it was a hit and run. Why wouldn't they? He was out for a morning ride. 
And when his daughter got the alert that dad had fallen, maybe, and came out, and, and she and her mom discovered him, um, they thought it was a hit and run, because that sounds about right. Well, it was a hit and run, but it was something far more than that. And the only reason we know that now, God, I look at these pictures and I'm just sick to my stomach to think this is the man on the bicycle. Look at this family. Look at this joy, this happiness. Look at these kids and his wife. And, you know, he'd been 35 years in law enforcement. He was a police chief, for God's sake. Just wanted to go out for a 6 a.m. bike ride when a couple of effing thugs who stole a car slammed into another car for fun and then seconds later decided to take him out. You know it because they said it. They said it right before they went right for him and they laughed before, they laughed during, and they laughed right afterwards. So here's your big warning of the August 14th um, video that went on social media. Right? Weeks later... It went on social media. That's how the police know that this wasn't just an accidental hit and run. This was an intentional murder. So there's your warning. I want you to see it because it's important you know exactly what these kids were laughing at. Take a look. All right, go. Take me moving in. Did you hear it? Hit his ass. That's what the passenger who's still on the loose, that's what he said to the driver, the 17-year-old driver who's now been arrested. Hit his ass. And then they laughed as that lovely, caring father and husband and law enforcement police chief, as he went flying over their car, smashing their window, falling in the road behind them. That's what they did. And then they took off saying, we got to get out of here. You think? You think you got to get out of there? Well, it turns out that someone decided to airdrop that video in a high school, according to local reports in Vegas. And somebody was stupid enough to let that happen and stupid enough to get arrested at 17 years old, allegedly. We are waiting to find out if that's going to be an adult charge. I want to bring in Caitlin Becker, senior reporter for the Daily Mail. I can't even bring myself, Caitlin, to get through these details without seething, without throwing up in my mouth at this crime. And I know I'm not the only one. I know that there are so many Americans right now who are watching this who feel the same way, disgusted and wondering how the hell did we get to this point where a 17-year-old would do this. Every time I see the video, I hope that I can handle it a little better. And I almost feel like every time I see it, it's a little bit worse because I can I know what to expect. And I can see just the reckless disregard for another human being as these two kids were, as you said, 
joyriding in an allegedly stolen car and not only to do what they did, but you see how horrific it was. You see the man probably struggling for life in the, the background of that rear view mirror. And then they just drive off and only think about them themselves when they say, we got to get out of there. As you said, yeah, you better get out of there because what you did was mow down an innocent person on the street and then to video it and allegedly airdrop it to allegedly send it to another person. Of, of course we're here. Of course we're at this point where at least we have one arrest under our belt and we will likely get another one because I think we're going to find out who that passenger in that orangey red balaclava is they're, sooner than later. They're asking. They want tips. They're asking for the public. Take a good look at that picture. I know it's hard, but kids talk. And that driver was 17. So it stands to reason that maybe the, the passenger that videotaped it and laughed all the way uh, might be pretty young, too. This is what the Clark County DA Steve Wolfson said in a statement today, Caitlin. I am confident that justice will be served in this manner once the investigation is complete and the appropriate charges have been filed. Do we know where they are in making sure that that charge for the driver, the 17-year-old, is an adult charge and not a kiddie charge? They're pushing it as quickly as possible, Ashley. I think you're exactly right when you say you're taking a look at your ticker to see if this is going to happen, you know, maybe even in this broadcast. I think time is imperative yeah. because you, if people are noticing, you and I are not saying the name of the 17-year-old who was behind the wheel who was arrested because we don't know it because they haven't shared it because it is a minor. However, once that person is charged as an adult, we're going to know the name. And the second we hear a name, I think it's going to be a lot easier for people in the community to put a name to the face in the passenger seat. So getting those charges upgraded, I think, will be really important to finding out the identity of the other person. I mean, I really wonder, honestly, if they're doing a squeeze play with this kid. Uh, there's local reporting that he's a frequent flyer in the juvenile system as well. Uh, so maybe that's why whoever was at the high school decided to give him up because he's a POS in high school as well. That's what the reporting is. But, um, you know, can you keep your eyes if you uh, if you keep your eyes on this, if you will, Caitlin? Um, and I'm just going to say this, like, Caitlin, this is this isn't an alleged murder. This is a murder because a felony that's committed and a death results is called felony murder and they intended to commit that felony there's no question about it on the video they intended to commit the felony and he died as a result and that is a felony murder so that is a murder and whoever did it they are alleged murderers so uh, keep your eyes on it caitlin jump back on the air with us if that crosses because again there's several hours behind caitlin becker joining us senior reporter for the Absolutely. daily mail mail i want to bring in mike king now if i can um retired homicide detective and investigator he created the profiling evil podcast and youtube channel also want to bring in darby fox she's a child and adolescent family therapist they both join me live uh, mike i'm going to begin with you i know you're seasoned i know you're hardened I know you've seen it all, but this, even this, this has to sort of be a new low. Oh, it really hits you hard, doesn't it, Ashley? And I think the Chief Probst family and uh, the people that served under him and, and what a horrible event. But, you know, I think this is um, really an interesting kind of perfect storm of everything we've seen happen in the last couple of years with defund and de-escalate and all of the treat things a little kinder. We kind of let things slide a little further. Police officers are afraid to act. And as a result, I believe, and this is a personal belief, but I believe we're seeing that systemically across the country, whether it's malls that are getting 
uh, flash mobs going in and tearing the place apart or predators walking down the streets of New York City and punching elderly women in the face. And now this, there is this lack of empathy. There's a lack of compassion and there's a vitriol around doing this kind of predatory kind of action. Darby, you know, I opened this program saying, is this who we are? Is this what we've become? I mean, this is a teen driving and probably somebody in the passenger seat not too far off in age. I want to think it isn't. But just like Mike said, I'm seeing too much with our youth doing things that are so callous and so, you know, so much in disregard of just just humanity. This is your business. You deal with teenagers. Please get me off the ledge. Unfortunately, I think we see a lot more of this kind of stuff, Ashley, because as Mike was saying, there's a lot of things that have happened over the past, say, four years that have contributed. But what we've done as a society is really look for excuses as opposed to solutions and holding people accountable. And I think that if you look at this, it certainly is this notion of social media and posting pictures. I saw one clip that had, I don't know, maybe now it's got several more, but over 11,000 likes. Like, as you said, that makes you sick to your stomach. Who likes something like this? Who would click that? So I think it's really important that we realize there's a very strong disconnect between what people see on social media and how it interacts with them. And it enables us when everything is external, it enables us to not be accountable, to not feel such great empathy or connection. And that is something that is very new. And then you have a teenager who is, you know, prone for risk-taking behavior and gratification developmentally. And there's no previewing of what the consequences might be. It's how much fun could this be? How many likes would I get? There's no consideration. They, hey, Darby, do they have honor among thieves, these kids? Do, like, that's one of my only things that I'm hoping uh, didn't they didn't inherit from their, uh, yeah. you know, from the generation before them, the honor among thieves. Will that driver who's 17 get a squeeze play that will squeeze every single syllable of the passenger's name out? Because pff, why protect that guy? I, I, I hope it does. It is so this is such an egregious example. Watching that video, any Anybody who looks at that, I don't I don't know how you could not um, give up someone who's done that. I mean, it's one of the worst examples. We see them all the time, it every is. day. But Mike, take a look again at, at the video. We're not replaying the whole thing. I wanted people to see it so they could really feel the reason why I am this angry and why so many others are this angry. Um, I think if you sanitize it, you may not really feel the full effect of what they're laughing at. Um, but, Mike, there's a lot of detail in this video. And as a homicide investigator, I'm hoping that you can tell me what I'm not seeing on my own in terms of tracking uh, these kids in this stolen car. I, I think the biggest thing that jumped out at me, Ashley, is, number one, this was a stolen vehicle from everything I've been able to read. They were involved in multiple felonies before this, including multiple uh hit and run accidents and i believe this car that Hitting they're the passing car. right now it's playing they actually hit yeah, yeah. and uh and watch and, and watch behind you can see they run into the curb and they've run them off the road exactly and so you have this this already established behavior that they're they're reckless they're violent 
and they're looking for something and they're finding a lot of joy in it. And you know what? You can say, hey, it's kids and they got a little carried away. But you know what? Hmm. When you start saying things like they said, that takes you beyond the level of, hey, a couple of kids that kind of got out of control and said, hey, let's bungee cord jump off of this building. Yeah, it's too so far. So, Darby, a lot of times when we – I need you to to tell me – look, up up until recently, I have always understood why we charge as, you know, youth as youth. And there is this whole – I mean, you explain it. The, the, is it the prefrontal cortex that's not yet developed yet and kids don't make the right decisions. I, I probably got it wrong. But, um, but the reason is, is that their brains haven't formed fully and they can't make those kinds of decisions. But I look at that and I, I feel I, I don't care. I need to be protected from that. Yeah, I, I want to make a really clear distinction there, Ashley. The, the brain isn't fully developed, but because it's fast developing so they can be great adults and make all these amazing decisions. But every adolescent, especially by age 17, has the ability to know the difference between right and wrong. That's pretty basic. So the piece that pushes them towards risky behavior is a developmental piece saying, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for novelty seeking things. I'm looking for the fun stuff. And I don't necessarily get the GABA that says stop and think about it as quickly as I should. It is not non-existent. This is so much further down the road. This is a socio- psychopathic. This is a problem. Is this it is ever? Pathological. And I want to be protected from that person. I don't care at this point what kind of development he's been through. I want to be protected from him, and I think everyone watching does. Um, Darby Fox, Mike King, thank you both so much. Really appreciate this. We'll keep watching the ticker to see if charges come through tonight, because they can. They can. And coming up, uh, one of the most confounding cases in the true crime genre just got nuclear. Were Abigail Williams and Liberty German murdered by cultists in Delphi, Indiana? That is what the lawyers for the man arrested are saying. And they're dropping names and alarming accusations, too, including ritualistic details of how the girls' bodies were found, something that cops have never, ever revealed. That's next. I have been waiting and wondering, like everybody else, for news about what it was that killed... Abby Williams and Libby German. It was in January of 2017, so I've been waiting a long time. And I know you have too. But the Delphi murders of these two little girls, uh, apart from being appalling, they were also kind of confounding. Because in every other crime that we all, I mean, look, you and I, we're, we're true crime fans. That's why you're watching me right now, right? We have always at least learned something about the murder scene. Usually we find out if there was a murder weapon and what it was and how they were killed. And maybe not every detail. They have to hold something back. Of course, we understand that. But everything? Like, the police held back the cause of death on these girls. They never said if they were sexually assaulted. They never said how they were murdered. Six and a half years we've been waiting. And now tonight I think I know why. And I wish I didn't honestly. But if the lawyers for the man they arrested almost a year ago, Richard Allen, if those lawyers are telling the truth in their court filing, well, this story just went nuts. They say that it wasn't this guy. They say it was a ritualistic cult 
that killed those girls. And they're bringing the receipts. They put something in their court filings to indicate that a cult called Odinists, look it up, it's an old Norse religion, usually pretty peaceful, but has been co-opted to have pretty sinister, evil, dark aspects to it, including animal sacrifice and worse. And then white supremacists and nationalists have sort of co-opted this as well, Odinism. Well, these lawyers say these are Odinists who did it, and the reason they know it, you ready? Branches were specifically arranged on a pattern on their body. Okay? Not only that, but um, the letter F was written in blood of one of the girls on nearby trees. Several of these symbols. And F is supposedly a symbol for Odinism. That is pretty disturbing. The bodies were posed in a certain way, according to the lawyers. But they say there's so much more that points away from their client, Richard Allen, and more to a bunch of ritualistic uh, sadists. That their, their guy couldn't possibly have done this on his own. Joining me now is Shay Hughes. He's the deputy public defender in the neighboring county of Tippecanoe, Indiana. Uh, Shay, th- this was really mind-blowing, this stuff. At first, I just thought, oh, my gosh, this is bluster. And as I continued to read, it didn't seem like bluster anymore. How are you taking this information? Well, uh, Ashley, I'm only about halfway through um, Richard Allen's memorandum that he submitted today. You know, I, I really don't know what to make of it. Um, you know, in the context of a search warrant, applying for a search warrant, I don't know if it's relevant necessarily. Um, just because there's probable cause for one suspect doesn't mean that there's not probable cause for a second suspect. And the same judge could have reviewed prior search warrants, which makes it all the more difficult to prove that law enforcement somehow misled the judge. You say that's important that what the claim is by these lawyers in dropping all these details, because it's been pretty gagged all the way along. Right. The claim was is that investigators left out all of this really important stuff that they knew about when they went ahead and got a search warrant approved to go into Richard Allen's house and get incriminating evidence like an unfired 40 caliber bullet that had cycled through the gun they found at his house. That bullet was found by the kids. So. Is the fruit of the poisonous tree the problem here? They say, oh, all that evidence, that 40 cal bullet, the gun inside his house that matched it. None of that can be used now because you hid information in order to get the judge to give you the warrant that let them go in and get evidence out of his house. Is that the way I'm reading it? That's correct. Yes. If there's false information that's knowingly, intentionally or recklessly put in a search warrant or there's omitted information that would somehow diminish the search warrant, then, yes, it could be entirely dispositive of the case. That's uncomfortable. I've got to have you back because this just touches the surface of of this very long. I think it's 160 pages or something, this uh, filing, right? Yeah, 130 pages, this this filing. So there's a lot more. And I I have a lot more questions for you about this Odinistic group and all the claims they make because they actually name names and make all sorts of allegations. Shay, will you come back and be on the show and let's dig even further into it? Certainly. Shay Hughes uh, joining us tonight. Um, this is going to be big, guys. Uh, they're gagging it, so we can't get any of the players on. But Shay is the deputy public defender in a neighboring county, so we're going to um, have him back and talk a lot more about it. So still to come, um, hmm. remember that dangerous escapee that we followed like on the edge of our uh, seats? It turns out there's another one. This one, however, is even easier to identify because he's still got the cuffs on his left hand. Look at it. 
And that's not a bracelet. That, my friends, that is handcuffs. He was able to overpower the guards who were nice enough to take him to the hospital because he said his ankle hurt. No, no, he's he's walking just fine. His ankle doesn't hurt. It must have been a ruse, and boy, did it work. So where is Christopher Haynes tonight? Why do police think someone is helping that man? Oh, man, have I got something to tell you after the break. So wouldn't you know it, uh, Brian Enton, who might just be my favorite person on the planet, uh, has breaking news tonight about Brian Koberger. There's some reporting that's out there uh, that may not entirely be true. And it's really interesting reporting, too. It's like accusing the system uh, of giving them super special treatment. Uh, Brian Koberger getting super special treatment, not Enton. Um, and Enton has found out some things, and he's going to be on the show in a moment uh, to tell us about it. But I wanted to just let you know because he's getting in place to do a live report. And because I love him, and I always think he gets such great goods on a very big story that we cover here pretty regularly, I want to make sure you know that's coming ahead. But right now I want to show you Christopher Haynes. If you don't know him, it's good reason. He's never really made much of himself. Uh, he's only famous for what I'm about to tell you and show you. A mugshot. <clears throat> he was arrested August 12th for uh, allegations that he shot Brent Hayward to death. So in cuffs, he said, my ankle hurts. And they took him to a hospital in D.C. because, you know, that's what police do. They do the right thing when someone says their ankle hurts. And as they were changing his cuffs, what do you know? What do you think uh, Christopher Haynes did? He overpowered the officers who were being nice to him, and he escaped from the hospital. And so he's been on the run for two weeks. So where is he? Where is he, folks? Where's Christopher Haynes? <laughs> the reason I stomp my foot and slam my fist is because the police actually think somebody out there is helping him. They think someone is helping him to stay hidden. And despite the fact they've got the dogs and they've got the trackers and they've got all sorts of agencies going after him, they think someone is out there helping. And you know how I know that? Because they said it today. Have a look. He's not out there surviving on his own. And anybody that we identify that's assisted him in aiding and abetting us, fleeing from the area or harboring him, uh, any charges that we could put on them, we will, because we know he's not doing it on his own. This guy was in the hospital for less than 40 minutes. The cops take a whiny little bee to the hospital because his ankle hurt. He was there for less than 40 minutes when he did this. And he's running around out there in his socks with a nice little bracelet on his left arm. The bracelet they put on him. Uh, take a look at the video that we got of him creeping around through a neighbor's backyard while he's on the run. This is him. Spot shadow right there is the nice little bracelet he's wearing. So he's easy to spot, folks, if you see him. If you see a guy with socks, might have shoes by now. But it's pretty hard to cut those uh, handcuffs off. If you see someone with a left hand dangling a handcuff, uh, it's not for looks. It's stuck on him for a good reason. I want to bring in John Muffler. He's a retired U.S. Marshal. He knows a lot about hunting people. You were so instrumental in helping us understand the hunt for Danilo Cavalcante, John. I wanted to ask you back. There's a $30,000 reward out for Christopher Haynes. I kind of wonder again, I'm going to ask the same question mm -hmm. I asked off the top of the show. How much honor among thieves is there if, in fact, he is being helped by someone and now there's 30 k out there as a bounty? Yeah, not much. Um, I think, uh, you know, a, a, a citizen, a member of that community, where, wherever they're from, can take advantage of that. 
Um, that's that's a significant significant amount of money. Uh, so there's no honors no honor amongst thieves. Um, but I think a member of the community, knowing full well uh, what this person's all about and the danger he brings to that community, if he's seen in that community, I mean, obviously they make a phone call. You know, I'm always curious, and this is going to sound like the dumbest question, but how easy is it to cut cuffs off? Because that video has him still wearing the cuffs. And I wonder, can lay people somehow get cuffs off of a guy's wrist? You don't have to cut them off. All you need is a clothespin. It's, it's really that simple. It's, you know, you can just make a little curl the tip of your clothespin or, you know, pin and, and pop the pop the lock. So, yeah, a bolt cutter would do the job, too. Um, but when, if they're if they're cinched close to the wrist, it's kind of a little more difficult. But you can literally pick it with a pin. That makes me mad to hear that. Maybe he's not smart enough to figure that out. Let's hope. Uh, got 10 seconds left. Someone's going to face some pretty serious mm-hmm. charges, though, if they're found to be helping him, right? Uh, 100% um, aiding and abetting, harboring a fugitive. It's going to come with some punishment. And they probably know that, but they're willing to take the risk. And I would imagine that he's getting help from uh, those friends and families that, that's helped him over the years um, do the things he's done. John Muffler, you and your U.S. Marshals um, colleagues, you're my heroes. Thank you. Thank you for this. And let's talk again as we continue to follow this guy till he's caught. All righty. Take care. All right. You too, John Muffler, joining us live again, former U.S. Marshal and just super smart at all this stuff. Still to come, got a brand new twist in the case of that Utah mom who um, wrote a children's book to help her kids deal with their grief after allegedly murdering their dad. Yeah, that happened. Uh, So now it looks like she's still writing, this time from her jail cell. And I'm just dying for you to find out what she asked her mother to do in a jailhouse letter and why she just found herself charged with something brand new because of it. Hey, I have the letter, you guys. I actually have the letter. I've got it. I got it right here. I got it right here. And I cannot wait for you to see what she thought would be a smart thing to write in her cell. Right here. And you're going to know about it coming back. Governor Gap. Week one is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has a can't-miss offer. New customers can get $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet just 5 bucks on any NFL game. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code IHEART to sign up. Must be 21 or older. Virginia-only bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call the Virginia Problem Gambling Helpline at 888-532-3500. If you suffer from COPD symptoms like shortness of breath and fatigue, where do you turn? There are medications and oxygen, but do you know about pulmonary rehab? Three out of five COPD patients have never heard of it. Pulmonary rehab is an exercise, education, and support program that gives you tools to manage your condition, and Medicare typically pays for it. So whether it's grocery shopping on your own or just walking across the room, pulmonary rehab can help you. Visit livebetter.org to find out about your options for pulmonary rehab today. When it comes to a gun suicide attempt, all it takes is a moment. My son, Ricky, took his life by the use of a firearm. It broke me, and I contemplated suicide. My grandson, I was going to have to be here for him. I still own my firearm. I keep it in a safe because I want to keep my grandson and myself safe. 
Store your guns, locked, unloaded, and away from ammo. Hear more safe stories at endfamilyfire.org. Brought to you by Brady and the Ad Council. Truck drivers, if you're stuck on a railroad crossing, don't just sit there. It takes a freight train more than a mile to stop, even in an emergency. So by the time you hear this, it could be too late to save your truck and maybe your license or your life. Instead, immediately get out of your truck, away from the tracks, and call the number on the emergency sign at the crossing. That gives the railroad a chance to stop trains before they get to you. Always call the emergency number. It could save your truck, your license, and your life. Go to OLI.org for info. Flu shot available at these preferred national pharmacies. Have you heard? Sling TV offers the... Grandpa, look what I got. Wait till you see the bike we got for Jake. It is the coolest thing. Hearing loss happens gradually with age, making it easy to ignore. Yet most older Americans aren't getting their hearing tested. Dad, can you hear me? Untreated hearing loss can keep your loved ones from enjoying what they cherish most. Don't let that happen. Speak up about hearing loss. You'll be glad you did. Brought to you by the American Speech-Language Hearing Association. My whole identity had been wrapped up in being a soldier. To have that so violently ripped from me when I was wounded, I was lost for a very long time. When Wounded Warrior Project came into my life, being around the other warriors, people that had similar experiences that I did, it was a game changer for me. Having King join the group, that was the beginning of a really good friendship. It's a, it's a, it's a good time. I first heard about Wounded Warrior Project through CQ. And at first I was kind of like, eh, I don't know if I qualify. But having been a part of it, it's kind of taught me that it's not just the wounds that you can see, but it's those that you can't. When you do something like a peer support group with Wounded Warrior Project and come together from different walks of life, man, the growth is incredible. If not for Wounded Warrior Project, I really don't think that I'd be here today. See how we help warriors combat stigma at woundedwarriorproject.org slash combat stigma. Sports allow us to play, learn, and grow. But there's something more important than victory. At the U.S. Center for Safe Sport, we believe every athlete deserves to be safe. Safe from abuse and misconduct on and off the field. We equip athletes, parents, coaches, and others with the right education to recognize, prevent, and respond to harmful behavior. Join the movement to champion respect and end abuse at uscenterforsafesport.org. Note to Corey Richens, the children's book author who wrote a book about grief to help her kids dealing with their dad's death when she's actually accused of murdering him. Put down your pen, lady. As it turns out, she's decided to continue writing, this time in her cell, a six-page handwritten letter to mom. (laughs) But I don't think it was meant to be found by the authorities, and it was found by the authorities, and it has a bunch of stuff in it that they're now charging her with witness tampering. For starters, she's basically telling mom, hey, tell my brother Ronnie like to concoct this story about how my now dead husband got his drugs in Mexico. Let me tell you specifically, you know, what she said. And, and I'm going to tell you, this is serious. The prosecutors want a no contact order now. They don't want her to be able to even talk to her mom or her brother anymore because of this. They haven't charged her yet with witness tampering, but they're looking at it. Okay, so here, first of all, here's the letter. It starts off at the top. Can you see it? I don't know if you can read it. Walk the dog. She really, really wants her family to walk the dog. That's at the very top. Walk the dog. 
Okay. And then amidst all these six pages of this stuff, let me read this. It's wild. She concocts this story. Uh, she says that my lawyer thinks it's a good idea to, to connect Eric to getting the pills and drugs from Mexico. So we need some kind of connection, she says to her mom. And she says, here's the story for uh, you to tell my brother Ronnie to repeat. They're watching football. My dead husband and my brother are watching football. And my dead husband tells my brother way back when he was alive that he, quote, got pain pills and fentanyl from Mexico from the workers at the ranch. And Corey tells her mom, reword this however he needs to to make the point. The connection has to be made with Mexico and drugs. Ronnie, my brother, will have the messages to prove Eric confided him confided in him about getting high. Tell him I need him to do this. Bring me home. There's lots more because it's like six pages and none of it's good. And the way they got it was that she had a seizure because she says they were giving her the wrong medicine over and over and over in jail. She had a seizure and she was in the hospital and they found it in her cell. So I want to bring in Greg Scordis now, if I can. Um, Greg is the spokesman for the for the Richen family, Eric Richen's family. Greg, this is just bonkers. I mean, what's what's the family's reaction to hearing about this letter? Well, there's nothing actually that this woman does that surprises the family anymore. Uh, the the uh, steps that she's willing to go through, the just the mindless uh, concern she has for everyone but herself is just appalling. And so this letter was really no surprise. It was a surprise that she was foolish enough to leave it in a book in her cell that was so easy for the jailers to find, and that it was such a blatant attempt to, like you described, uh, uh, get a witness to testify the way you want him to and, and really to to try to cajole a witness to lie in front of a jury. I mean, that that's just outrageous. So I don't know whether the county attorney will charge her with witness tampering. Certainly the murder charge is much more compelling and carries a much greater uh, prison term. But, yeah, I, I mean, it seems to be a fairly clear I could attempt see, to do I could see her lawyers robustly refuting that that she wanted them to lie, but just making sure they got their stories, uh, you know, straight or going over what she says the facts were. I could see them arguing that, but none of it looks good. Like this letter looks awful if you bring it up in front of a, a jury. So in that respect, I can see them maybe charging just so that they've got that nice big piece of evidence. Real quickly, I've got about 30 seconds left. She says this is attorney-client privilege because it was in an envelope that was marked attorney privilege. Is there any merit to that? I mean, I guess there could be, Ashley. I, I don't think so. I mean, there's no there's no expectation of privacy to the things that we have when we're in custody. Uh, there's no reasonable expectation that you can't uh, be searched any more than if you're going through an airport and you have drugs in your suitcase or something. I mean, there are certain places that you don't have that expectation. And certainly a person incarcerated in jail should know better than to have something that could be so incriminating because the jailers can search that yeah. really anytime they want without cause. She's not very good with the idea of writing. Let's just put it that way. Okay, Greg, I look forward to you being back on again. And please give our regards to the family. They're obviously in a lot of pain over all of this, just made worse with this latest development. Thanks for being on. Thanks, Ashley. Greg Scordis joining us live. And coming up next, is Brian Koberger getting special treatment in his jail cell? There is a new report that says he's got a fancy computer. He's getting fancy meals and fancy courtroom suits. But... Is that stuff actually true? Hang on to your hat, my friends, because Brian Enton has the real story. He's got exclusive reporting and he is live with me next.